Well, hello, everybody. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. We are at episode 55, and today, as a part of our Young and Married series, we are going to conclude with how to get over an argument. Now, I know that you've not been married for long, and I know that you love your spouse so much, and you don't argue, right? Uh-huh. Right. Well, if you've been married for probably longer than 20 minutes, you've probably already had an argument. And the thing about arguing is it is commonplace to every single marriage. And the reason that I wanted to do this episode today is not to give you some false hope that you're not going to have arguments, but I actually want to be able to help you to get over these arguments much quicker. So I can't wait to get into all that we're going to talk about in just a moment, but I hope that you all were able to listen to episode 54. It was our anniversary a couple of weeks ago, and so last week's episode was kind of a highlight reel on all the great things that we've been able to accomplish with Real Relationship Talk, all the wonderful guests that were kind of highlights of mine, things that stood out to me and things that stood out to you because I've been listening to you through your reviews and through your direct messages on social media. So if you've not had a chance to listen to episode 54, go ahead and listen after you listen to today's episode. Well, let's not delay any longer. Let's go ahead and get into how to get over an argument. Okay, well... The truth of the matter is every marriage is going to have seasons of conflict. It is impossible for you to be in any relationship without conflict. As a matter of fact, if you are in a relationship with someone you've never, ever had conflict, it's most likely an acquaintanceship because that's just the nature of relationships. We are different. We have different values. We have different opinions. We have different um, belief systems and ways that we approach the world and ways that we approach conflict and problems. And so because of that, it is nearly impossible for you to actually have a real authentic relationship with someone without ever going through conflict. And this is one of those fallacies that a lot of times young married couples believe that, you know, if we're just in love and if we've done our due diligence and if we have good communication and if we were raised in good families and if we don't like drama, then we won't have arguments. And this is the deal. You are going to have conflicts even if all of those things are true. Now, I do not believe that you need to have arguments as far as you're yelling and screaming and calling each other names and acting a fool, right? Like that's not what we're talking about. But you're going to have disagreements. You're going to have seasons where you just don't see eye to eye. And that is normal. And as a matter of fact, it's actually healthy for a relationship to go through conflicts because when you go through conflicts and you're able to overcome them in some of these ways that I'm going to show you today, it can actually make your relationship stronger. I know when Sean and I got married, we kind of had these unspoken rules in our relationship, and and some of these rules were spoken. Um, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but I grew up in a household where conflict was very, very common. I mean, serious conflict, yelling, screaming, arguing, all that stuff, right? 
And so I made a a promise to myself that when I got married, I was not going to do all that. And Sean, on the other hand, grew up in a household where the very opposite was true. He never even saw his parents have a disagreement. And while some people might say, oh, that's great. Actually, it wasn't great because it did not teach him how to come to conflict and how to be able to resolve it. He was afraid of conflict. And so he was very conflict avoidant. And I am not afraid of conflict. (laughs) And so you can imagine kind of the fallout that we started having once we really started having some real deal problems in our marriage. And so some of these tips that I'm going to share with you today are things that I wish I would have known. And there are also things that we are still trying to master in our marriage 22 years later. So I found this quote, and I thought it was really profound, super simple, but yet profound from the late author and motivational speaker, Wayne Dyer. And it says, conflict cannot survive without your participation. Like, think about that. I say to my kids all the time, nobody can argue by himself. I say that all the time because they're like, oh, you know, he's arguing with me. He's picking on me. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I'm always like, if you just don't feed into it, then the person will get bored and they'll move on, right? And simple enough, you all, sometimes that's all it takes for us to avoid arguing with our spouses. It's just for us not to participate. Now, if you have a spouse and they like to argue, you are going to have to have some conversations about how that is not healthy for your relationship, and you're going to have to create some boundaries around your communication. I do not believe that couples should scream at each other and should call each other names and should slam doors. And like, that is not healthy. That's not the way adults resolve conflict. It isn't healthy. But guess what? Neither is the silent treatment. I put a post up in our Facebook group, um, Christian Marriages and Relationships, which if you're not a part of that group, I want to encourage you to head over to Facebook and join the group. You can find it under Christian Marriages and Relationships. You'll see my picture there. But I had posted um, a, a question to our group, and we had really, really great conversations in the group about which is better, arguing or the silent treatment. And the consensus was about split. It was literally about 50-50 where some people thought arguing because at least you're able to get your point across, at least you're able to share your heart, release your burdens, let your partner know what's bothering you. And then the other side said, no, the silent treatment is actually worse because that's like passive aggressive, almost like emotional abuse. It was a really robust conversation. The point here is that neither of them are good ways to resolve conflict. Neither of them are ways to get over an argument. You're never going to be able to resolve an argument if you participate in silent treatments, but you're probably not going to be able to resolve an argument if you're prone to arguing and yelling and fighting all the time. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into these tips today. The first thing that I want to tell you is when you are in an argument, it is super important that you focus on the issue at hand. How many of you, and I have both my hands raised right now before I even finish the question, how many of you, when you get into an argument with somebody, you're like, and then remember last year when you said this and you looked at me wrong and I didn't say anything about the way that you looked at me, but oh, I remembered. And then your mom said, and then we're like off on all these tangents, right? And before you know it, you're 15 minutes into an argument. You have absolutely no idea what you're arguing about. You're talking about stuff that doesn't matter. And guess what? The original problem has not been and will not be solved. 
So when you are in an argument or a disagreement, I like to say, um, a healthy debate, a robust disagreement, right? Focus on the issue at hand. What are you actually upset about? What was the infraction? What caused the conflict? If you're arguing because your spouse said that they're going to be home at 7 and they keep coming home at 8.30, let's talk about that. Let's not talk about, and then when you came home, my dinner was cold and you didn't even fix me anything to eat. Oh, I'm not fixing you anything to eat because when you come home an hour and a half late, like, let's not go there. Let's just focus on, I feel disrespected when you come home late. And I just gave you a huge coaching clue. I do this with my clients all the time. It's called I Statements. When you are in a conflict with your spouse, it's super important. And this is the next tip. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. So when you're having a disagreement, you want to talk about yourself, how you feel, what you thought, right? You don't want to talk about what they're doing and how they're wrong because accusations never win arguments. So I feel disrespected. I thought I heard you say blah, 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 blah. I don't understand how this keeps happening. That's how you make I statements. You're putting all the emphasis on you and what you're feeling in that moment. You're not accusing your spouse of something. And so this brings us to our next point. The first point was to focus on the issue at hand. Now we're going to ask and not accuse. Now, this is hard when you have like hardcore evidence that something has happened, right? There's been a breach of trust. There's been an infraction. There has been some sort of wrong committed. And you're like, I know that this happened. You still want to ask and not accuse. What do I mean by that? All right, let's go back to our example of your spouse says that they're going to be home at 7. They don't come home until 830. That's a true fact. Like, you can prove that the spouse is an hour and a half late. But what you don't want to do is accuse, go into the conversation with, you said, there's that you statement, right? You said you were going to be home at 7, and you're always late. You know, you must be out here doing blah, blah, blah. There's an accusation. What you want to say instead is, help me understand the last conversation that we had about you coming home on time, I understood you to say you would be home at seven. Was there something that happened that made you late? There's an ask. There's a question. That's honoring. Because honestly, something could have happened. Maybe your spouse just literally lost track of time at work or wherever they were. Maybe they were having car problems. Maybe they were on a phone call that they didn't realize was going to take that long. Whatever it is, you always want to ask, give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Now, you might be thinking, well, Dana, this happens all the time, though. Like, how many times am I going to have to ask? I'm not saying that you're asking for new information, like you're dumb and you don't understand, like, what your spouse said. But what I am saying is that you don't want to go into conversations with accusations because remember, accusations don't win arguments. You can catch more flies with honey than you can vinegar, right? And so you don't want to go into, you said this and you're always, you want to stay away from the words always and never. Like Sean and I talk about this all the time. Whenever one of us says always, we're like, "Mm mm-mm. You know, we'll kind of catch each other because those words are usually not true. Your spouse isn't always late. 
They don't never respect you, right? Like, so we have to, and that goes back to focusing on the issue at hand and not over-exaggerating. But you want to make sure that you're asking questions and not making accusations. That is a really, really big tip. That alone is worth a whole podcast episode. But for today, we're going to move on. All right, the third thing that I want you to ask yourself is what is your end goal? Okay, you're in a conflict, there's some sort of disagreement, you've decided to address it. What is the end goal? Are you trying to resolve a conflict? Or are you just trying to prove that you were right about whatever it is that you think you're right about? Or do you really just want to share your concerns, your heart, your frustrations, your fears with your spouse? Because sometimes, you all, we get into these arguments and we don't even know, like, the way out of them. We're like, I I don't even really know how this is going to resolve, but you need to know I'm mad. Okay, that's fair. Let your spouse know that you're mad. But then you need to determine what what is your end goal? Like, what do you want to happen after you let your spouse know that you're mad? So you tell them, I'm mad at you. And they go, okay, I'm sorry that you're mad at me. And then you're just standing there. Uh... So you really want to have an end goal in mind. Hopefully your end goal is to resolve the conflict so that your relationship can be stronger. But if you're not aware of that, that's how people start yelling and cussing and fighting and acting a fool because they're not really thinking of resolution at the end. They're just thinking, I'm going to vent. I'm going to let my partner know how much I'm upset with them. And that is how relationships break down. Relationships don't break down because of conflict. Relationships break down because of unresolved conflict. So you always want to be able to have a resolution in mind. And that being said, our fourth point is don't let it linger. Whatever is happening in your relationship, you want to be able to nip that in the bud early. Now, this is tricky because There's two scriptures that came to my mind just now. One is the Bible says that it's the little foxes that destroy the vineyard, right? And what that means is that it's not some catastrophe that's going to destroy your relationship. It's those little annoyances. It's those little foxes that just kind of go unnoticed or maybe they go unspoken or maybe you're trying to ignore them. And then after a while, your whole vineyard, i.e. your relationship is ruined. It's the little things. But the second scripture that comes to my mind is love covers a multitude of sins. So you don't want to let those little foxes go unnoticed, but you also don't want to nitpick every single little fox that you see. You have to be able to use discernment in your relationship. And some of this, honestly, you all, is just going to come with time. It's going to come with experience. It's going to come with you getting it wrong a lot and realizing life is just too short for me to sit here and be focusing on all these little nitpicky issues. So some of that is just going to come with experience. But you do have to use discernment to know what do I bring up and what do I let go? And that's different for every couple. It depends, right? So let's say that you are in a marriage and there's some sort of addiction at play, okay? And let's say you're walking through that with your spouse. You're aware of the addiction and you want to be able to help your spouse through that. Well, if you start to see patterns of behavior that are supporting the the notion that your spouse might be participating in their addiction, that's not something that you want to ignore. You do want to kind of nitpick that and nip it in the bud. 
So that would be a situation where you need to use discernment. But others of you, maybe you're in a relationship, there are no addictions at play. Maybe your spouse just has a bad habit of doing something like leaving their socks on the floor or um, not putting the cap on the toothpaste when they're done or putting the toilet paper in the wrong direction, right? These little silly things that honestly, they're so silly, y'all, but they can make you go crazy. You know, like you can go crazy over seeing the toilet paper put the wrong way after you've been married for two years and you've told your spouse how the toilet paper should be, right? And so you have to get to a point where you're like, all right, is this even worth my time? Should I just fix the toilet paper roll every single time I see it? Yeah, probably. Because if I keep arguing about this, we're going to end up in divorce court over some toilet paper. It's just not worth it. Ladies, guess what? I'm super excited to announce to you my new group coaching class called Wife Life. That's right. This group coaching class is going to be for wives and soon-to-be wives, women who are engaged to be married, who want to go deeper in their relationships with their husbands and deeper in their relationships with one another. You guys, I have been in several group coaching classes, and if I can give you a little secret, you not only glean from the wisdom of the main coach, which is me, but you are also going to glean from the wisdom and the stories and the encouragement and the support of each other. I want to encourage those of you who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to get started with individual coaching or even relationship coaching. Group coaching is going to blow your socks off. You are going to be so glad that you are a part of this initial class. I cannot wait to see you in this session. So here's the deal. For more information and all the deets, head over to danashay.com forward slash wife life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash wife life. I'm super excited about this session. You guys, we are going to go higher. We are going to be better wives and our husbands are going to be the happy recipients of everything that we're going to learn. So I will see you in the wife life class. Talk soon. All right. So let's recap. We are talking about how to get over an argument. The first thing we talked about was to focus on the issue at hand. Then we said that we need to learn how to ask the right questions. Ask, do not accuse. Remember, accusations don't win arguments. Then I told you that you need to have an end goal. You need to ask yourself, why am I even approaching this conflict in the first place? What resolution do I want? And then we talked about not letting it linger. And I want to go back into that a little bit because so often when we are in these um, arguments, conflicts with our spouses, we can let stuff just kind of go on and on and on, right? We're, we're trying to do the right thing by overlooking the wrong. And we're like, okay, I'm not going to be petty. I'm not going to bring up every little thing that I see. But when you do that, you also have to forgive your spouse in your mind, literally. You might not ever say anything to your spouse out loud, but you have to tell yourself, if we're letting it go, we're letting it go. We're not like putting it as a little deposit in a savings account over here so that we can go withdraw from that later when we need it. That's not what we're doing. If we're going to say, I'm overlooking that wrong, then you have to forgive your spouse of that wrong and then let it go. And then don't let the argument linger. So let's say that you actually bring up 
whatever it is, whatever infraction, you bring it up, right? And you and your spouse, you actually start to talk about it. The conversation becomes a little bit heated and you both walk away or one spouse leaves. You want to make sure that you come back to that conversation. If you need to take a break, take a break. If you find yourself becoming angry, it might be very healthy for you to walk away from that conversation, but you want to always have a time period in mind. So say something like, you know what? I feel like I'm getting really upset right now. I don't like how I'm feeling. I'm having some thoughts that aren't great and I need a break. Let's come back to this conversation tomorrow or let's come back to this conversation after dinner. And try to give yourself a specified time. So don't just say, like, let's talk about this later. When is later? Is later tomorrow? Is later next month, next year? So you want to be able to say, let's talk about this tomorrow when we get home from work. Or let's talk about this tomorrow morning. You know, or like I just said, let's talk about this after dinner. You want to try to put a time stamp on it because we get busy, y'all. And to be honest, most of us don't like conflict anyway. Even those who are not afraid of it, most people still don't like conflict. And so the tendency would be, you know what? I don't feel like dealing with that anymore. Let's, let's just let it go. And what happens is when you just, quote, let it go, it doesn't really get let go. <laughs> and so what happens, it becomes a, a festering blister. I mean, think of how gross that is, right? It just festers and oozes. And then you end up in this heated argument over something so small that has nothing to do with what you're arguing about because you let something else linger two months ago. And so take a break if you need to, but make sure that you come back to that conversation. And listen, resolution might look different for every couple. For some couples, resolution is, voila, we fixed the problem. Whatever the conflict was, we came to an agreement and the conflict is now finished. Praise the Lord. But for others, resolution might be understanding. One of my favorite quotes I say on this podcast all the time is that the purpose of communication is not agreement, but understanding. So for you, maybe your resolution isn't that you resolve, quote unquote, the conflict, but that you have a deeper understanding of each other now. You tell your spouse, wow, I did not realize when I did that it felt it made you feel disrespected. Wow, I had no idea that when I did that, it triggered you from something that happened in your childhood. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now, you have a greater understanding of each other. And do you all see how now this conflict that you had is actually working to make you stronger? That's great resolution. Even if you didn't solve a problem, even if you still don't see eye to eye, even if you still disagree on whatever it is that you're disagreeing about, you still had resolution because now you have a better understanding of each other. That only happens when you choose not to allow these things to linger. When you say, our relationship is too important for us to let these things fester. So don't let it linger. Okay, so let me give you just a few more practical steps when you are in conflict and you're trying to get over something, right? Like you're trying your hardest to actually make some headway. I want to give you some word here, some scriptures, because I believe the Bible contains all wisdom that we need for life. And in the book of 2 Timothy, 
Paul is telling Timothy here how to actually deal with foolish people and how to deal with people who are going to try to get you off course a little bit. And let's just be honest, y'all. Sometimes we can just be petty. Like sometimes we're having problems at work or we're having problems in other relationships and our spouses become the unsuspecting carnage of that. They become the unsuspecting victims, right? We They have nothing to do with whatever is going on, but just because they're there, we can tend to take our stuff out on them. It's wrong. It isn't um, helpful. And it's something that if you find yourself doing that, you really need to stop that. You really need to not allow your spouse to become kind of the brunt of your frustrations. But in 2 Timothy, in chapter 2, Paul is telling Timothy, he said, do not have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone. Everyone includes your spouse. This is telling us here, don't get yourself involved in stupid arguments because you're, you belong to God. And because you belong to God, we don't get involved in stupid stuff like that. Like, y'all, there are just some conversations that are just not worth having. You don't have to participate in every argument that you're invited to. And so if you find yourself, maybe your spouse is the one who's always kind of picking at you and always using you almost as like a punching bag, metaphorically speaking, because obviously if they're using you as a a physical punching bag, you need to get out of that relationship, okay? However, let's say your spouse is just picking on you. They are just, you know, just trying to irritate you for reasons that have nothing to do with you. Again, remember, you do not have to go to every argument that you're invited to. Remember our quote, Wayne Dyer, conflict cannot survive without your participation. And so avoid foolish talk. Don't name call. I mean, that should be kind of, you know, the basics of basics relationships, right? Like when you're getting into an argument with your spouse, you can't go below the belt. Know your mama jokes, you know, and I'm not talking about the funny ones. I'm talking about, you know, literally saying hurtful things about your spouse's family, um, you know, comparing your spouse to somebody else, obviously name calling, bringing up old um, infractions, you know, stuff like that. All of that stuff is hitting below the belt. And that is not going to help you to resolve conflict. As a matter of fact, that's only going to make it worse. Because again, remember, we talked about focusing on the issue at hand. When you do all that stuff, you're not focusing on the issue. You've gotten off on a tangent and it's unkind, it's unloving, it's ungodly, and it's unhelpful. And so never go there. If you find yourself, you see words coming in your mind that you feel like, oh, Lord, they're about to slip out. You might need to take a break. You might need to literally like zip your lips and say, I can't talk to you right now because I'm getting upset. You would much rather do that and walk away from the conversation than to say something that you won't be able to get back because words hurt. We remember the little rhyme that we learned as kids. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is such a lie. Sticks and stones, at least you can recover from those scars. But sometimes the words that we say to our spouses, people don't recover from that. And so... That is something that I just want to kind of leave you with that we don't want to ever hit below the belt. Remember that after this conversation is over, you're still going to need to love your spouse and they're still going to need to love you. 
And so I'm talking to you married couples who maybe you're just starting out and you found yourself in some conflict and it scares you because you didn't think marriage was going to look like this. You didn't think that you would argue like this. You didn't think that you guys were so different. You're like, I thought we had more in common than this. What happened to our compatibility? And we're going to do a whole episode on compatibility a little bit later. But I want you to just relax and understand that conflict is normal, but you are going to have to learn how to manage it. You're going to have to learn how to overcome it, and you are going to have to learn how to do it in helpful ways. The Bible is so clear. There's so many scriptures. I could sit here and go on and on and on. In Proverbs, an angry person stirs up conflict. You know, again, back to Second Timothy, uh, avoid pointless discussions. You need to remind yourself, this this conflict that we're having, if we can resolve it, it's going to make us stronger. But if we don't resolve it, it's going to make us weaker. And you get to decide. You are in control of how this is going to turn out. You really do have that much power in your relationship. If you don't want to argue with your spouse, don't argue with them. If you want to make up with your spouse, make up with them. Like so often we feel like we're victims of our relationships. My spouse is doing these things to me. But you need to understand that you are an equal participant here. And so, no, I'm not saying that you're to blame for things that are happening to you if they're outside of your control. But what I am saying is that you are able to actually resolve these conflicts in your relationship. So I'm going to recap for us one final time how to get over an argument quickly. Okay, focus on the issue at hand. Number one. Number two, ask, don't accuse. Number three, have a resolution or an end goal in mind. Number four, don't let it linger. And then number five, we talked about don't hit below the belt. Keep the main thing the main thing. And if you cannot resolve your conflicts on your own, there is nothing wrong with getting a third party involved. Now, you want to be careful, obviously, about who the third party is. You probably don't want the third party to be your best friend or one of your in-laws, your parents. Those are not really objective people, okay? Even if they're like, no, we love you both. They really love one of you more than the other. Like, let's just be real. So when I'm saying a third party, I'm talking a marriage coach, a pastor, Somebody who doesn't have anything to lose in your relationship. Somebody who's not emotionally invested in either one of you. It could be, um, you know, an older married couple, a mentor couple, somebody like that. You want to be able to go to people who you can trust, who are going to hold your confidence, who are going to tell you the truth, and who are not going to choose sides, who are not going to be subjective. So be really careful with who you go to for advice. And don't go to those people right away. You've got to learn how to resolve these conflicts together. Only when you can't resolve them should you then bring in somebody else, okay? So this is a little bit of a shorter episode today, um, but I hope that this has been really helpful. And I hope that you will come back and refer to this. This will be a great episode for you to listen together, with your spouse. 
and you might need to save it wherever you listen to podcasts and come back to it because inevitably you are going to have conflict probably this week, maybe even today. And so I hope that these tips are going to help you to be able to get over these arguments quickly and to be able to build your relationships even through conflict. So thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate the love and the support and the ratings and the reviews that you guys give on this podcast. I want to encourage you to make sure that you are checking out the show notes of the podcast. Every single episode has show notes. Basically, it's a little blog that I write about what the episode was about. There's some key takeaways, links to other episodes or to helpful articles. Sometimes I'll put just bonus links in the show notes. So you can always find the show notes at realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode, whatever the episode was. So today, obviously, it's episode 55. So you would go to realrelationshiptalk.com slash episode 55. Well, again, I want to encourage those of you women to be sure to check out the Wife Life coaching class. It's starting very soon in just a little over 30 days. I'm super excited about this first group. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be deep. It's going to be introspective, and it's going to really, really help you in your marriages. So be sure to check it out. You can find all that info at danashay.com slash wife life, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com slash wife life. Well, that's all for our episode today. I hope that you have been encouraged, inspired, and empowered to go out and create relationships of purpose. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Well, the physician comes in and says, tells this lovely couple, hey, your son's not going to make it. But there's a young girl here in the hospital who just delivered a baby girl and she's given her up. She's going to leave her here. Do you want her instead? That was chart topper Ryan Stevenson sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.